Welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner since 96. And as always, joining me here this afternoon is Monty. Well, I say I say as always, it's a rarity as Adam's um, away, he's on a holiday. Um, but we're very honoured to have Monty here. He was at the game. Monty, um, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I've, I mean, I had to be ready this morning trying to get into the Emirates. I don't know if you saw it on TV, but... There was about 30,000 fans waiting to get in because it was carnage because this whole new ticket system they bought in. So that was a bit eventful. But mm. uh, I managed to get in between a line, well, behind a line of police officers who were just plowing through the crowd. So I managed to get in behind them and I got around relatively quickly, to be fair. But, good um, stuff. No, ready. Oh, mate, great. Good, good, good. Good start good, to good. season. Absolutely. And before we get started about talking uh, about the game and stuff like that, we are going to go through a quick... Quick fire, mm-hmm. um, three questions that require only one answer. So are you ready for that? I mean one word. One word, yeah, that's it. Nice. Let's go. Okay, so first question. <laughs> Was that a convincing enough performance? Yes. Okay. <laughs> for, a moment, yes, for, a moment, <laughs> for a moment, I thought something had gone wrong. That long pause, you had to think about that. Okay, good. Did Havertz have a good game or a great game? Good game. Do you think Arsenal will suffer without Timber? No. Okay, good stuff. Well, there you go. Those are the three questions and you managed to answer them in one word. You see, I was a little bit worried because I know we've done this before mm-hmm. and you've got a tendency of um, like building on your answers. So in the back of my head, I'm thinking one word, one word, one word. <laughs> so mm-hmm. well, done. well done for the, uh, getting through that in one word. Um, first things first, how are you feeling after the game? Good. Um, actually really good. Um there were there was there were lots of positives. Uh, there were, well, I mean, there was the one goal against us, but I don't actually blame the players for it. I blame Arteta, but we'll go into depth on it. Um, but I know, good. It was good. It was the fan, fans were on it today. Now behind the the crowd behind them, players look sharp. There was some good football being played today. Uh, there was unfortunate injury. I mean, the lineup threw me off. Um, I think it threw everyone off, um, and that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I feel good. I feel good. What about you, Farron? How are you feeling? I'm, yeah, I, I do feel very good because we've got the three points, but also the season's finally kicked off. You know, yes. we've been waiting for this moment for so long. Pre-season, I felt like I was dragging a little bit at the end. We were watching these really good performances, but they didn't really mean anything. Um, so really glad to see the free signings on the pitch and really glad to get the result. I mean, I, I would have liked a few more goals. I'm sure we, we all would have um, liked us to, you know, completely run riot. But um, mm. the most important thing, as Arteta said, is we've got the first game out of the way. We've got the three points. So we now move on to Palace. And that's all that matters. And as you mentioned, the starting lineup threw me off a little bit. I mean, I was kind of squinting my eyes, having to double check whether Gabriel was on the pitch or not. But no, he wasn't. Um, and so I guess since we've uh, moved 
onto the starting 11. Let's have a quick chat about it. Um, t- tell me what your expectations were for the starting lineup and kind of, you know, what, we yeah, what, was, yeah. what was the most surprising part of that starting lineup? I mean, there were two. I, I personally thought Trossard would have started. Um, but do you know what? Martinelli had a good game. He was the engine room, if anything. He was his his comp his when he would lose the ball, the way he would chase back the ball was insane all day. So hats off to him. Um obviously party on for Gabriel instead, which threw me off. And he was playing in sort of this inverted right back, which is very similar to what we did of the last ten minutes of the of the uh, community shield when we went to that sort of back three and we had that sort of inverted player on the back. I mean um yeah it was it was odd. It was odd. I thought it was quite a brave decision on the first game of the season. Um, I was quite annoyed that Gabriel didn't play because um, he was on my fantasy. But um, we'll, we'll we'll go in, we'll go into that. But no, the biggest one for me was probably Party and Trossard. Uh, everyone else, I think, made sense. I didn't really have any qualms of it. I knew Ninketi was going to start up front. He was brilliant all day. If anything, um, Havertz are good in midfield. I liked it. I liked it. It, it was it was brave. It was brave, and and um, it puzzled me. Uh, but I think that's actually a good thing because, um, like, I think we've discussed many a times. Sort of last season, the the starting eleven would pick itself, and you, you knew exactly who you were coming up to. Like any rival manager would go, "Well, I know it was coming up. I know who we're going to play. It's going to be so these eleven players." Whereas now, I mean, the fact that the fans don't know who's going to play that's a good thing because it means if we don't know and we watch them day in day out. Who the other team's going to play? I think is going to come up against, and we we don't know how they're going to set up. So, I thought the formation might have been different. I wasn't expecting a four three three. I was expecting maybe sort of a three two two three, but um, which kind of worked. And then it was like then it was like a three one two one um, three as well. But no, yeah, good. What about you? At, at some points of the game, it did look like we were only playing with a single centre-back or at times with two centre-backs. Like Saliba on his own and pretty much, you know, White playing as the right-back, the 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 overloading mm-hmm. uh, player. You had part A stepping in midfield. I mean, at the beginning of the game, it did seem like we were playing quite a rigid, you know, 4-3-3. And uh, actually, that's one thing that worried me with the starting lineup when I saw that uh, part A was going to be starting ahead of Gabriel. It meant that White was was going to be moving to uh, centre-back. And if there's one thing that Arsenal... um, If there's one part of our game or if there's one section of the field that we've perfected is that right-back position. Because defensively, okay, you know, a few on a few occasions can be a bit iffy, but all round, very good intensity um, as a defender. Mm. But offensively, he's perfect. You know, I don't think we've got a, a, a better oiled or a better regimented um, partnership than we have with White and Saka. And so when we've got Ben White playing as a centre back and part a you know, on paper, um, as the fullback, it raised a lot of questions for me as to how much support Saka would get, whether that meant we were going to be a little bit more slow in our build-up. Um, that was the only real issue that I had. I mean, in Ketia as well, for me, I was a little bit, you know, because Havertz started against City, looked quite good, but this was a completely different game. We could afford to play in Ketia because we knew we were going to be a lot more direct. We were going to see the ball a lot more um, and we weren't going to lump it forward. So that was the only real um, surprise for me. Now, I don't know whether we got any, 
you know, sort of news or confirmation of why Gabriel wasn't playing. I think it was just a matter of Arteta just tinkering, which is fine. You know, first few games of the season. I'm sure he wants to, um, you know, keep the opposition guessing. And as you rightly said, the fans guessing as well. It hasn't been a time where Arsenal fans have been scratching their heads about the starting lineup. This is These are the problems that we want. Because it means that 100%. ultimately the opposition are going to be second guessing and they're not going to be able to prepare as well as they as they uh, might do had they known the starting line. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, you, you were at the game yourself. Uh, what time did you get in? I ended up getting in at like 20 to one, I think, or quarter to one. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it's all to do with the ticketing system. I think a lot of people, they came... With like, I don't know if, when you, with the old uh, membership card they came with that a lot of them came with that when you can't use them anymore. Mm. Um, another another lot the system went down for like ten minutes so people with valid tickets couldn't get through. People weren't adding it to their Google Pass, but if there are sort of any of the or, or of I don't know any listeners who are sort of a little bit older and don't really like technology, I did speak to a fella. Um, he was sort of in his mid seventies. Good, it's funny lad actually. Um, he ends up going to the ticket office and getting uh, like a kind of like with the membership card from last year, but they they do it like for this season. It's like a darker red, mm. and apparently you can load your tickets onto that. Um, but you have you, you you can't like get it. You have to go to the ticket office to get it made. Um, so that that was interesting to. Uh, to see but oh, yeah no, it, it, no it's all right uh it was a bit of a um, bit of a palaver though it was it was heaving i was i was thinking it was a little bit dangerous at some points because there were people shoving and and you know what it's like in the emirates when you go around the uh the west and east side stands it gets really narrow mm. yeah it was it was it was it was borderline borderline like this, this could this could be a bit of a disaster here um because there was just a lot of restless fans obviously wanting to see the first game of the season um, but overall, it was a good day. Uh, we ended up getting in eventually, um, and I think once the system started working, it started it started just flowing a little bit better. Mm. Um, the fans were all in good voice though, which which was good, um, and uh, there was support throughout the way through. Nottingham Forest, they, I mean, they were silent pretty much the whole time. The second half was completely different. We were just complacent, I'd say. Even the fans, it was all quiet. We just sort of it was like a. Oh well, well we're winning this. Good, good, good day out mm. with the lads, and then um, yeah, it's sort of. But, but I think the complacency sort of bit us on the counter. Yeah, it, felt, it felt like that at Wembley a little bit when in the first half we kind of gave our all and you know uh, left our lungs in the first half. The second half it, it took a bit of time to build up, and yeah, definitely felt like that um, in this game. We'll talk about the second half uh, in a little bit. Let's start off by talking about the first opening sort of exchanges, the opening ten minutes. Before we do that, actually, I did want to make a quick uh, comment on the Emirates pitch now. I don't know about you, but from where I was watching on the TV, the pitch did look quite dreadful. Did you notice anything about that? Honestly, I I didn't. Um, hmm. And I, I mean, it, it could have been from a different angle. I mean, there were like little parts where it looked like it had like lots of um, little brown like dots. But in terms of the whole pitch quality, it didn't look bad. It didn't look unlevel. But that was that was just from my angle, um, and because I, I was sort of I was on the sort of the the upper tier, because I could see from above better. It looked fine for me. I, that wasn't sort of one of the first things I noticed. I mean, it wasn't as green and as beautiful as the carpet usually is, but um, it wasn't bad. I mean, I've been to, I've been to some stadiums and there are some shocking pictures out there. It was still definitely uh, good quality, 
Um, yeah. No, I watched the game yesterday against City, and I have to say, Burnley have done some real work on their pitch. It looked like night and day. And our one today, I was just, I don't, I don't know why, it just, I noticed it. I don't usually notice these things, but it kind of looked patchy, didn't look as vibrant. And I don't know whether it's down that, whether that's down to the fact that we've been having dodgy weather lately, or whether it's because we've already been playing on it um, through the Emirates Cup. I don't know. Maybe I'm, it's poor excuses, or maybe it's just me nitpicking. Um, but yeah, I just I just thought I'd ask you because you were there. Um, anyway, opening exchanges, first ten minutes. Uh, Arsenal looked calm, composed. Um, mm-hmm. There were there was an early chance, lovely ball dinked into Saka, whips the ball into the box. Um, no one got to it, but you could tell straight away that we were, I guess, uh, you know, picking our passes with precision. And it wasn't, you know, like compared to last season, how we were very frantic, but in a good way. This time around, it looked like we were very matured and we knew what we needed to do, but yeah. it was a matter of just picking the passes at the right time. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Especially the first sort of fifteen minutes, we really sort of took the game to them. I think I think they barely had the ball. I don't know the stats. I mean, I wasn't able to see on the TV and watch it with that that perspective. But it looked like we had the ball like the whole time. Mm. Um, and like you said, it was more uh, it was more composed. There was a lot more sort of uh, calmness to it. It wasn't fra- it wasn't frantic. It was methodical. You could see what they're trying to do. They were probing or probing or probing and then they'd go back probe again go back probe again go back uh, then you had the overlapping runs Erdegaard seemed to have eyes on the back of his head the whole game um, I don't know where he was seeing these players he was doing dummies he was doing back heels he was doing all sorts um, it was phenomenal uh, all day um, Saka was just relentless especially on the tracking run same with uh, Martinelli actually I think Martinelli probably won't get spoken about enough today but his movement was just incredible. The the amount he ran, I'm not surprised he got subbed off because um, he must have been blowing, especially the way that he would like when I think he got tackled. Um, I think it was in the first half. He got tackled and he just got back up and sprinted back, like literally sprinted back and tracked back like 20 metres, 20, 30 metres to make the tackle. Uh, and then he got picked up by, um, I think it was Timber at the time. Uh, Eddie was sharp. And he was very sharp. I mean, he was he was doing the the wandering runs in the first sort of. He was trying to find out how the centre backs sort of react to his sprints. Do you know what I mean? He was sort of gauging them, gauging whether they would block him. And I mean, even they definitely respected him, Nottingham, because they. I think uh, Cooper must have said to them, "Right, we need to uh, we need to watch their press on the kickoff." Because I don't know if you saw it, they had like sort of two players. They would stand in the way of Eddie Nketiah mm. to stop him actually getting to the centre back because he he's electric off that kickoff. He normally gets right up to him, and I mean, he even uh, almost um, got to a Matt Turner kick, uh, goal kick again. Uh, well, not a goal kick; it was just sort of a, a pass back, and he was kicking it. Um, but he almost got to that. That was very similar to sort of the Leeds goal that he scored, if you remember that one against yeah. Melia. Um, yeah, it was sharp. I think across the board it was sharp. They were up for it today. Um, and, and I think the fans sort of really helped them stay through it. And what I loved as well was, was uh, Rice today. His um, Although he didn't, I, I didn't feel like he got on the ball that much, but his defensive work was brilliant. I mean, there was uh, moments where I think uh, it was where Party got sort of spun a little bit. 
But then Rice tracked. I watched. I just watched him run from maybe like the left eight advanced position to to coming all the way across to like right back and making a tackle. Um, and he was phenomenal. I think he was great uh, defensively. He, I think he was a bit nervous going forward, but that's to be expected. That, that takes time. Um, but overall, it was very good. The first half was very good. It was very uh, composed. It was very much similar to sort of the City against Burnley game um, yesterday, where they just sort of dominated the game probing, 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 made their move and, and attacked, basically. And the, the Martinelli assist to Eddie Nketiah was absolutely filthy. Like it was just, it was filthy. Um, I got like a perfect view of it. It was just a naughty little, I think, did, did he, did he, because I couldn't really see properly because I was too not forest away, but did he get back and like heal, heal the, yeah. the, in between the two players? Oh man, it was just the so, was, yeah. it was so good. And then Nketiah was just in the right position, the right time, like always, taps it in. Matt Turner had no chance. Um, and then we just carried on with a second goal. I mean, Saka, oh, that second goal was in crazy. It was crazy, wasn't it? That was that was a that was like a Nicola, Nicolas Pepe top bins screamer. Like that that reminds me of the um the goal that Nicolas Pepe scored against Man United in uh was it 2019, one of uh, Arteta's mm. first home games. It just very much reminded me of that. Came across, stepped inside. Whipped it across, top left, bang. Beautiful. But no, it was, good, it was a good half. It was a good half. They were up for it. Um, I didn't really see any anything too worrying. I mean, Ramsdale was very high off his line. That was maybe a little bit worrying. Um, a lot absurdly off his line. He was like five yards. He was almost a centre-back with Salibra at some stages. Um, so I was a bit like, mm, you should probably go back a little bit because all it takes is one long kick. Um, Saliba was quiet today um, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing I think that was just because uh, Martin Erdegaard his pressing was relentless part of heart he was just sweeping Rice was just was just intercepting tracking the runs and getting in there and, and they were just swallowing them every time they had the ball they just got swallowed um, so Saliba was quite quiet all day actually but yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed the performance. What about you? Did you yeah, no, it? no. In that first half, especially, I felt like because Forest was set up in a low block, um, and they were very much comfortable with just sitting off, allowing Arsenal to hold possession. It gave us the opportunity to play a very high line um, and be able to move towards the edge of the box mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. And the way that we were playing in football was, you know, getting part A Rice involved. Um, and, and you know, I was having a, a, a chat with my brother. We were both watching it together that second half. And I was you know, making the point that you don't necessarily need Rice to be front and centre. You don't always need a superstar like Saka, like Martinelli. What every club needs is a player who does the dirty work, you know, who picks up the ball, who plays it forward. Who, I mean, positionally, he was absolutely excellent. He was at the right place at the right time. Whenever you needed him, he was around. Mm-hmm. And so that's what made it really, you know, comfortable for us to get the ball on the edge of the box, find Saka as many times as we did in that 10, 15 minutes. Um, Saka looked really sharp, looked like he wanted the ball, driving as well forward, taking on his yeah. man. I don't expect anything different as well. Um, and, you know, there's a, uh, one one point, I think he cuts in uh, rather than going down the flank, touch tight. He he cuts in, plays uh, towards, uh, runs towards the box, which is like a 
at number nine, um, puts the ball through to Enketia, who, you know, unfortunately wasn't able to 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 read the ball as quick enough. But uh, Saka was absolutely, you know, phenomenal in that in that opening um, first half, that forty five yeah, minutes. And you know, it could have been a little bit different though, because Forrest did have a a really really good opportunity to you know get a goal in and um luckily for you know luckily for us Johnson puts it wide Saliba's defensive header is won by not sure who the the forest player was but puts Johnson in behind um and if there was one criticism I would give us in that first half we did very little wrong but sometimes we were just far too high up the pitch defensive line yeah. um you know putting ourselves into danger not really thinking what if but you never really want to think what if because once you hesitate then you lose focus control and confidence in the other side of the game which is the most important side of the game otherwise you don't get goals is the offensive side so it's like a catch-22 you know you're never gonna be able to get every aspect of your game perfect you're always going to be focusing on one side of the game more than the other um, but because our defensive line was too high unfortunately you know Johnson was able to run in behind far too easily and puts the ball um, over the bar uh, luckily though that didn't put us off I mean previous seasons an opportunity like that would get the uh, other club the other team back into the game and it was kind of maybe yeah. you'd see a portion of the game that for the next five seven minutes Arsenal would maybe sit off a little bit but no you know continued um, to, to you know create opportunities mm-hmm. Odegaard in midfield looking really nice with cute passes and little touches here and there um, Nketia as well looking for the runs let's have a quick chat about Nketia because he, he got the goal and he he had a really good game um, and you know you're you're a massive fan of Eddie Nketia oh, I'm him. one who sees Nketia as being the almost guy I, I, I rate Ed, uh, Eddie Nketia highly because he has such good work ethic and such and you know Arteta has has, has, has backed him on that front as well Um but if there's a if there's one limitation that I've noticed of Eddie Nketiah is his ability to read the game, and I feel like if he was able to tighten up that 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 kind of department um, in his game, he'd be able to get a lot more goals and he'd be able to see a lot more opportunities. I mean, last night um, when Man City played Burnley, Man City were really quite poor in my opinion but they were able to score three goals and get away from Burnley in that first half because they had Harlan who was able to read the game so well just get in yeah. those positions at the right time Eddie today was caught offside twice in the first opening 20 minutes I think um, and it, you know when you look at it those two isolated uh, uh, situations he didn't need to be offside but I think there still needs to be a lot done on that part of his game being able to read the game and know when to move forward when to come back when to support when not to mm-hmm. am I being a bit harsh with him on that front or do you think I'm making no, a good point? No, I, I, think, I think you're making a good point. Um, I mean, any player can get better. Um, I look at all criticism as constructive. And I mean, like with Eddie, I think with him, he just needs more game time. It's as simple as he just needs to play week in, week out, really. Um, because the thing, the thing that Eddie has, and I think we can all agree, he has a natural knack to get into the right space. Like he he, he can find space, like no one's business. And he just he's just there. He's always there for the 50-50. He's always there for the second ball. He just has this natural ability to find it. 
but I think you're right. It's the timing. It's the sort of the fluidity of it. He will make a run too early and, and the player hasn't recognised that he's done it or he'll maybe do it a little bit too late and he wants to, he's, as as he's looked up to do it, he's not making the run so he hasn't passed it. So And he makes the run maybe a second later, but by that time, the player's already looked elsewhere. Um, so I think that needs to be tightened. I think you're right there. And that will sort of, ele- I think that, that that would be what would elevate Nkeya because he's not actually a bad finisher. I mean, the the main thing you want from a striker, they they don't need to score every single opportunity. That's impossible. A striker is never going to do that. Um, But what you want from your striker is to get opportunities. A striker should have opportunities. Um, And if they're only getting one or two a game, then they're maybe not the right person for you. But if they're getting maybe 10 or 11 or whatever and they're scoring two or or one, that's fine. Um, But I think think you're right. I think what we're... Regarding him going to the next level, it is that timing, it's that chemistry that he needs to build, and I mean that front three is always changing. You know what I mean? It's um, it'll be it could be Nketiah, Trossard up front, then it's Trossard on the left, then it's Havertz up front, then it's I don't know Vieira on for Saka, and and hmm. Nketiah goes on the right. Do you know what I mean? It's always changing, it's always flowing, and the midfield players need to get used to that. Uh, and I think because every player is different. Trossard is a very different player to Nketiah when he plays that that nine position. I mean, Trossard likes to stay wider. He likes to stay wide. He likes to receive the ball to feet, whereas Nketiah likes to run onto the ball. Uh, they're a very different uh, player like that. But Nketiah can, he can drop back into the lines and and open up the gates for the sideways passes to, to un- just unlock it from a different angle, like pass the ball around the corner. Um but no, I, I think he just needs more time. And, and now that sort of Jesus is injured, he's definitely going to be our main striker. I can't see him being benched uh, for the Palace game. I mean, do, do you think that would be unfair if, if he was benched? Yeah, I think it would be unfair because he's got his goal today. If he hadn't got yeah. a goal, if he, if he didn't get a goal, then, you know, you could make a case for a uh, Trossard playing there or um, I don't want to say Havertz because I think there were some issues once Nketiah left with him and we'll get on to that. Yeah. But uh, as, as far as, you know, fluidity goes and as far as effectiveness, having Nketiah down the middle um, is working to an extent. You know, we haven't really come up against until we play uh, an opposition that actually gives us exchanges in the first half, we're not going to know. And I think Palace is the perfect opportunity to prove... Um, Palace game is away can, as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is away. Yeah, yeah so it's going to be it's going to be his opportunity to show that he's able to um, make those decisions on a consistent, more consistent basis um, against a side who is you know, they're going to be tough to play against. They've got a lot yeah. of pace there. In terms of a, as a counter attacking side, they're really effective. Um, but uh, before we talk about his goal um, and the opener, did you feel like before the the, the goal went in, we were um, we ha- we had a lot of possession, but it felt like the explosiveness was missing, and we weren't really pushing ourselves into the open spaces like we could. I mean, w- what I mean by that is, it was nice to see us calm and confident and being able to dominate position but it felt like we were having one too many touches or taking a second more than we had to on the ball the reaction time from certain players just wasn't quick enough did it feel like that on your side before we before we scored that goal 
Sorry, say that again. I missed the last bit. So I was saying, did you did you did it feel like that on your side, being at the stadium, that it was a little bit, um, you know, careful, a little bit too controlled in terms of the touches they were taking and the time they had on the ball? Yeah, I, f- I feel like there was. Um, I was saying it was sort of particularly Rice was the one I thought the most, where they 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 weren't going forward. The only ones who I thought were actually really trying to push forward was Martinelli and Saka today. Um, it wasn't really seen that clinical sort of cutthroatness getting it through. I mean, Erdogan tried it, but there's a lot of safe, a lot of safe movement. Uh, there was, like I said, they were probing, probing, pass back, probing, probing, pass back, probing, probing, pass back. Um, and then it was the Martinelli magic where he actually goes, nah, do you know what? Fuck Mike, I'm going to take yeah. you to him. Do you know what I mean? He does the little hill and he's like, See ya. And he goes straight through. Bars get goes on to Ngetia. He flots it through. Um, and then again, the second goal. Saka, got, instead of... Because what, what was happening most of the game, Saka in that position is... He's, he's cutting inside, he's turning out and he's passing to White who's doing the overlap. And that time he, he went, no, I'm not doing it. Cut inside, carried on going in and just went, I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to take a shot. He's probably beat Matt Turner with that shot hundreds of times in training. So he, he knew exactly what to do. Um, so it wasn't new for and him. Do you know what? Funnily enough, the first goal came from that same sort of kind of positioning in that play. It was when um, he positioned himself a lot more centrally with part A moving out wide. And that change in position worked really, really well because Saka then kind of, um, he was fed into the box and the shot was deflected and it was taken out for a corner. And we obviously got the goal from the corner. Near post corner, comes into the box, ball flicked into the box, um, cleared by a Forest player and then picked up by Martinelli. He does so well in that first yeah. movement, you know, when the ball's bouncing and he, and he faints his way um, back out wide yeah. and then somehow brilliantly manages to get that flick onto Nketiah. And at that point, Nketiah's got quite a lot to do in order to get himself in a goal-scoring position. There are bodies all around him. Mm-hmm. He pushes the ball out wide. Um, and then lets one fly, gets gets a, a bit of a deflection. But I reckon even if that deflection, um, even without that deflection, that would have gone, in, gone yeah. into the back of the net because there was so much pace and power on that shot. Matt Turner had no chance of that. Um, and actually, you know, after that goal, it felt like the the, the gates had been opened. And yeah, we were, I thought it was going to be more. Yeah. I thought I thought like I thought it was going to be open. I thought we were going to perhaps leave this game four nil, um, and especially with the way the first half ended, um, going into two nil. I thought right, same again. And um, there were some decisions from Arteta that I just I I I, I was puzzled um, as to why sort of we stayed at the same formation for so long. Um, like for instance, when Trossard came on, I was thinking, why is Gabriel not on? Like, why is Gab- like we're 2-0 up, go for the clean sheet. You always bang on about clean sheets, stick the fourth man on there. Do you know what I mean? It's like the holding treatment that we used to do. Just mm. we, need, we, need to keep, we need to win, stick a Rob, Rob Holding on. There we go. It's patched up. There's three centre-backs and two full-backs. Like, but we just didn't do that. So that was a bit of a mistake. But no, it was good. It was a good second half. I would have liked to have seen perhaps more substitutions um, I, ju- I just think that I mean we have five we have five five substitutes to use so why not use them? Um, we could have I mean Tommy Asu when he came on did did a white actually he almost got his goal off the bat he set up all, all two good opportunities uh, with sort of the one two on the left wing 
when he came on in the second half, which was great. Um, and then uh, even, I mean, even I think it was from him that Declan Rice got a shot off that hit the post in it in the second half. Well, it was actually a very good save by Matt Turner. It oh, did it look a save? like that. I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't from, quite see from, it. Yeah, from the first angle, you know, when we were watching it live, it did look like it kind of clipped the post. But actually, from behind, the camera from behind the goal uh, showed a really, really good save. Um, oh, damn. From that, that would have been that would have been amazing if he scored. Especially like that. Goal like that, tucked in, P-roller, bottom right. Oh, that would have mm. been beautiful. That would have been beautiful. Um, On his debut, yeah. 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 Uh, bit- we should have seen out the game better, though. I just think we should have seen out the game better. Too complacent yeah, uh, for me. And we are going to talk about the second half in a lot more detail because I think it was a uh, very much a game of two halves um, mm-hmm. and a number of different reasons for why the levels dropped. But let's finish off talking about the first half and that second goal. So um, we scored the first and it was you know very soon after where we managed to get that second goal. And I think it was very much down to the fact that we had up the tempo, um, the intensity as well. Players were suddenly kind of sprung into action, trying to get the ball as quickly up the pitch as possible. Very frantic, but in a really good way. And yeah, a brilliant finish from Bakayo Saka. Tremendous finish. Balls failed to be cleared out. William Saliba takes the ball off Gibbs White. Mm-hmm. There's a lovely triangle passing combination between um, Partey and Saka. Saka finds himself some space and curls a wonderful uh, strike. It was a beautiful it's strike, wasn't it? Yeah. That was top bins. No, there was no goal of the weekend, I think. 100%. I mean, it's got to be, that'll be a goal of the month contender for us, 100%. I can't like, I mean, you can't score a goal of that and it not be in there. That was just a beautiful, and it's a good way to start the um, the campaign. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we've mm. got two Hairlanders already starting a campaign. Mar- Martinelli's got an assist. Um, I think because it was a does it count as a Saliba assist today? No, I'm not sure. Um, was it Saliba that played the last pass to Saka? It, I mean, it could be because because uh, because I, 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 I remember it because um, I, I literally had the perfect view of it, and it was like. Saliba got the ball or is it Ben White it was one of them or maybe Pommers Party but they, they got the ball and then steps in passes it in Saka gets it he takes two free steps and just cuts in bang just drills it and the, I, I was more shocked at the sheer space that they gave him yeah. like no no one wanted to close him down like it was it was crazy like the second man I remember he beat his first man and you know that you, you should have a second man like come into press from from the edge of the box, no one no one did it. They just stood there and was and was like trying to stop him from coming into the box. And it's like talking about Bakaya Saka here, mate. He's got a disgusting left foot. If you get him on that left foot, it's it's it can go anywhere. It can go anywhere. So that was very silly from them. I made a point um, at second half on Twitter, and I think Rio mentioned it at the end of the game about how good uh, Bakaya Saka is and how good he can become and um, you know we've all been talking about the new signings and you know how much depth we've added to the squad but I don't think many people have mentioned the fact that these young players who uh, have been playing for a good few seasons are only getting better uh, and players like Bakaya Saka and Martinelli this season will go a level up inevitably yeah. and one of the things that I noticed about Martinelli in that first half even in the second half there were certain things that he was doing in his game which showed a level of maturity and showed a level of improvement we're talking about things like getting to the edge of the box looking like he could have a shot but instead making the 
other decision, the better decision of playing the ball to an open player. Um, you know, a few seasons ago, that Martinelli would have driven into the box, had a shot, would have got tackled, might have, you know, um, got, uh, you know, might have, might have forced a save. But yeah. uh, this time, he in particular, for me, has shown that um, he's growing. He's growing. He's getting better. He's learning more about the game. And it's so nice, isn't it, to have a squad full of young players who are only getting better. And it's not like any of their uh, any of their improvements are going to be stagnated by any time, um, anytime soon. You know, these mm-hmm. are players with a very high ceiling. Even the goalkeepers. I mean, Ramsdale, what, is he 24? He's got Raya coming in. He's going to push him to a different level. Um, made a couple of saves today, a couple of good saves. And, you know, arguably that first chance, had he not made himself big imposing, could have been a little bit easier for Johnson. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought I'd, 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 I'd mention yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's interesting you said it as well. I was, uh, I was actually speaking to the guy next to me and... Um, we were saying sort of like about the new see, uh, new signings, and, and what what we've noticed as well, like over the last few seasons, we've been buying a lot of captains. Mm. We've got a low, we've got loads of like leadership mentality in our squad. I mean, Euron Timber was captain at Ajax, we've got Declan Rice captain at West Ham, we've got Erdegaard who's captain in Nor- Norway. Um, I think Gabriel, when we got him, he was captain of uh, Lille, wasn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe he was the captain. Then oh, there wasn't. There's another captain we got as well. And I can't for life me think. Um, it's it's past my mind. But um, we we just Conga was another one, but obviously Conga was one, but doesn't play. But that's what I mean. We're, we're getting like there's leadership. There's leadership across the board. Um, and like you said, the maturity is, is going to show. And I think the the big one you mentioned, and that's what I noticed as well with Martinelli. He's he's a lot more professional. I mean, when he when he came in, he had so an abundance of talent, like pure raw untapped talent um and he 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 was it was it was very flary he still has the flair he still plays it but he has more football IQ he knows when to do it do you know what i mean yeah. whereas like like you said in previous season he would just do it and it wouldn't necessarily be the right decision to get tackled and then would lose a ball and then it would be on the back foot for about 2 3 minutes whereas now he's like He's he's understand the situation. He's like, right, well, I've got you're in timber behind me. I've got uh, Kaya Verts in support. If I lose this ball, one of them will get this ball. He knows that. He's in the back of his head. He's like, I'm safe to do this. And uh, like you said, he's doing the right passes. I think there was one um, earlier today where he, he cut inside. He noticed that both of the players tracked him. And uh, I think it was Euron Timber or uh, was on the left and made the, the overlap run. And he just, he, he could, see it he just flicked it on and he was wide open and we got the ball in but no one was in the box um unfortunately and then it was sort of similar with sort of Saka as well um I think it was Ben White and Saka when they did it and no one was in the box again there was a clear cut chance in the middle and no one ran into the middle of the box in the first half but no there's a lot of maturity and it's only going to get better it's only going to get better throughout, throughout the season and like you said um, they're going to warm up and they've got their account already started uh which is good um I'd like to ask you, who do, who do you think is going to have a, a higher GA this season, Martinelli or Saka? Oh, Martinelli. Um, or like, I'm talking GA, not just goals. I'm talking yeah. GA. Ah, uh, it's difficult. Um, you, I mean, you'd think it'd be Saka, wouldn't it? With ultimately, the goals will add to the GA, but uh, Odegaard is yet to really come into his stride because. 
he he's he's one of those players. I think the back burner of the season really starts to um, kind of you know feel himself. Assists and goals do tend to start um, happening near the end of the season. Is that right, or am I just talking nonsense? I feel like the the, the latter half of the season he tends to score more and get more assists, um, but. He's I'm gonna say, sa- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I, I think um, this season, I think Saka will be elevated to another level, and I think he will get world class twenty plus goals. I think this season he's, he'll get twenty five goals. Twenty four. Um, in in I, all I competitions, mean, I'd yeah, I'd love that. Twenty five goals, get a fifteen assists or something like that. That'd be great. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that it's that time. It's that time of his career now where he elevates to superstardom. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Because I mean, like everyone knows, we well Arsenal fans know how good he is, but a lot of players aren't quite. A lot of rival fans aren't quite mentioning it. I mean, I remember for years people say Son is world class, Kane's world class for like Spurs and stuff. But yeah, I think you're right. I think this season is a a moment where, especially in the Champions League, where they can highlight it to the world. Um, yeah. I think Martinelli and Saka do step up, but do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. I think Martinelli is gonna have a high G. I think Martinelli will end up with more assists. Mm. I think he's gonna add more goals to his tally from last season because you got to think last season. I mean, they were very close anyway. I think yeah. what Saka scored was it 15 last season or 12 last season? Who, Martinelli or Saka? Saka, and then he had like 10, 11 assists or like 14 assists, and Martinelli had something like I think eight assists and. 14 goals or 13 goals or something like that. I can't remember. I'm trying it, was to quite, it was quite close. Yeah. The GA. Yeah. Yeah. But it's exciting times when we've got them and then you've got the bench and we've got Trossard. Like, I was saying that when Trossard came on, I was like, imagine that. You've got like, well, I mean, it's for Ninketia, but the, the drop off from Ninketia to Trossard, there isn't any. If not, Trossard, it's, you could say, a better well-rounded player. Like that, that mm. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. We've now got the depth. It's good to see. Yeah, well, next few fixtures aren't on. Uh, they don't get any easier from here on. Actually, we've got quite a tough run. I guess we can save that for the end of the show. Uh, but before we move on to the second half, I do want to uh, just quickly implement a new kind of element to the podcast. It's a new oh. season and we're continuously reinventing ourselves. And I thought it would be nice to break these podcasts up into um you know first half second half but in between just add a little bit of a break a little bit of a pause and being the arsenal therapy podcast we've decided to implement a mindfulness or relaxation exercise and so today we're kicking it off with a breathing exercise okay so here's what i want you to do monty you're going to close your eyes mm-hmm. and we're going to take some deep breaths. We're going to inhale at one, exhale at two. Then we're going to inhale at three and exhale at four until we get to 10. And the point of this exercise is to try and empty our minds and to feel the air being filled inside of us and to try and get our bodies to feel a sense of calmness because I can I, you know I can tell we're, we're very excited we're very jumpy that we've got the three points but it's time for us to kind of just mellow ourselves a little bit and so before we move on to the second half so that we can prepare ourselves for um, 
you know, a bit of a frantic end to the game. So are you ready to, to, to do this breathing exercise? Mm-hmm. Okay, good stuff, right? So close your eyes and we're going to take a deep breath at one. Exhale at two. Inhale at three. Exhale at four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. And ten. And open your eyes. Ready to take on the world, mate. Listen, that was our first breathing technique that we've done, okay? So I, I, I used to do quite a lot of this, um, like, I, th- I think they call it, um, what kind of meditation is it? It's, 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 it's... it's some... it voluntary? No. No, no, no. It's, when, 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 when they help you to do it and... Assisted. Assisted, right. So I used to do a lot of assisted meditation a while back. I used to use this app. And the guy who's, you know, the guy who does it is really, really good because um, he, you know, gets the best out of you when you're doing that exercise. So I'm going to try and work on it so that it's a little bit more calming. Um, I can sense that some of you listeners right now are thinking, the fuck was that? It didn't really do anything. Um, but in any case, you got yourselves a free, um, a freebie breathing exercise lesson. Now, moving on to the second half. Um, the start of the second half, we witnessed Durian Timber come back, having suffered a bit, what seemed like a knock at first. Uh, Arteta said that he was cleared by the doctor to come back in the second half only for a few minutes before dropping to the ground. And it's been confirmed that he's he's felt something in his knee, which isn't great because we know... Um, from first-hand experience with Gabriel Jesus, that knee injuries can be a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So how, how, I mean, what was the feeling in and around the ground when this happened? I mean, um, to be fair, for me, um, I actually came out for the second half um, because the queue for the drinks were just crazy. Oh, you're one of them guys, are yeah. you? Nah, it's, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was just, I, was with, I was with the mates, so I was like, right. Yeah. And then as I came back, I, I came out, and I could see you and Timber on the floor, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then mm. I saw a stretch come out, and I was like, yo, what? <laughs> what have I missed? Um, and then, yeah, I saw the stretch get walked away, and I saw him walk off. At least he walked off. That is a good That is good news, but I think you're right. Um, with knee injuries, it's never quite clear cut. Um, I mean, like... It, we sort of uh, Smith Rowe as well. Uh, well, he had more of a groin, but like those little niggles, you can run on it, you can play on it. But if you have like that little niggle, that just doesn't seem to go away. That's when surgery has to get involved. And that would be a huge loss. Mm. Um, now I know I sort of said at the start, I don't think we would necessarily be a worse team without him. Um, Cause I mean, Zinchenko looks like he's going to be back soon. Um, we have Tommy Essie who deputied his role, I think he did great today um, on the left side. Um, and yeah, with Zinchenko coming back, I'd, I'm not too worried at that. But what I do like about Timber, um, it's just his strength. His, his strength in, in, and his imposingness is sort of imperialistic. 
uh, in his role. Um, and we'll miss that. And I think especially in sort of, if, if it is, if it does end up being in a long term, it shouldn't be. It didn't look major. It didn't look major, major. Um, so I wouldn't be too concerned. Um, but if it is, and it does turn out, it could very much hinder, I think, like our, like sort of the cup competitions, especially the Champions League, um, if he does end up dropping out, because I think we need a player like that in those cups um, over Zinchenko, because I just think Timber's a better defender, but Zinchenko offers a lot more going, going forward. Like today, I thought would have been a much better game for Zinchenko to play over Timber, if that makes sense because of the way that we set up in the formation that we were, we needed more attacking, imposing players. I think Zinchenko would have been better. Um, but yeah, around the ground, I mean, I didn't really see too much of a drop off. There were lots of groans and art uh, and like sort of worry. But then when we watched him sort of come off walking, it calmed a lot of nerves. Um, and, and if he is out, I, I can only really see him probably being out for a week. But I mean, I'm not a physio. I, I haven't seen his knee close up. I haven't seen his face and how he reacts to it being bent and moved and stuff. So I'm just going off purely experience and watching other injuries in the past. I, I, I don't think it was a serious one. I think it was more precautionary um, because I did mm. see him sort of limping towards the end of that first half. Uh, and like you said, he got the clear to go, go on. Um, and if he's got the clear to go on, do you know what I mean? It shouldn't be that bad, but <clears throat> they've probably said to him, if you feel a niggle, anything, just go down. But 2-0 up, yeah, don't I mean, risk it. So basically, I mean, I don't, I don't think you saw it, but when um, when he went down, he was, he was receiving the ball and he kind of turned a little bit awkwardly and almost immediately reacted and fell to the ground. So it did look quite bad. And I think it, I, I don't know, I'm going just by um intuition i think it's uh, it, it's worse than what we think i think it's dare i say it i do think it might be a long term um i do think it might be a four to six weeker and that's just purely based on the way that he fell the way that he turned and yeah, I guess that whole episode, it, it might not be that case. You know, it may be the case that I'm just being a negative Nancy. But Well, if it's four to six weeks, how, how long would that be? That would take us to what, the 30th we, we, September? Yeah. He'd miss uh, United. He'd miss North London derby and potentially Oof. the City game as well. Um, and obviously, you know, with Zinchenko coming back as well, it just puts a bit more pressure on him to, I guess, come straight back in without easing him uh into the you know whole fitness side of things um in any case Tomiyasu did as you as you mentioned i think he played really well i think when he came on he I nearly assisted um, two goals off the bat yeah yeah i mean straight away runs onto a stinging low shot comfortably saved by turner but got himself involved um unlike uh, uh, some other players in that second half and you know again i i'm I don't I don't ever like to you know be negative or highlight negative aspects of performances I think it's counterproductive but um I want to express how I felt in that second half mm -hmm. and it wasn't great and there were no. certain things that annoyed me a little bit so um it was nice to see that the game opened up a little bit more I mean Nottingham Forest played with a little bit more aggression and I felt that that could play to our advantage because when teams usually take the game to us, we're able to, just down to the quality of our squad, we're able to play around them 
um, and exploit open spaces. Uh, for whatever reason, that wasn't the case. They were seeing a lot more of the ball. They were able to see a lot more of our half. And we were, I guess, not capitalizing on that. Um, we looked a little bit more concerned about keeping the ball rather than sending the ball into those pockets that were opening up. Um, but having said that, look, Rice and Partey were still very good. Um, they, they were they were a lot more involved in the game because the game was opened up and we were able to still generate a good amount of chances. Um, but ultimately, the football on our side was slowed down compared to the first half. And so it's funny, isn't it? At the end of the first half, I was thinking well, we need to go into the second half, score a few more. And to do that, we, we need the game to open up and we need to increase the tempo. And when that happens in the second half, we were actually the victims of it because we were unable to match that tempo. And we were, mm-hmm. we were purposely, I think we were slowing down the game because we felt um, like we were losing control compared to the first half. Um you are a little bit annoyed that Arteta didn't make changes earlier. Yep. Yep. And I was a little bit annoyed as well. And I did make a point of this. I think in the 68th minute, I made a point to say that Arteta didn't make any subs. He hasn't made any subs yet. We could do with a change because yeah. the game was really open and certain players were just not matching that energy. Well, um, they, and they bought on what? They bought on uh, Aranoi and uh, Elanga. Yeah. Who are, who are Fast players and they brought yeah. a brand new energy on. And I found Martin, I'm seeing them come on, and I'm seeing our free centre backs who have been running, especially White and um well, it was Tommy Asu was actually quite fresh at the time, but predominantly White on that right side, which is where they scored their goal, um, was looking sort of tired because he was just up and down, 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 having to go out wide, come back in, go out wide, come back in. Um if I'm seeing that, I'm going right, they're going for the attack. It's time to take off an attacking player, bring in another centre-back. That means White has to cover less space um, and then Gab- Gabriel or Sleeper would then have been there to support White on their 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 um, their counter-attack and Gabriel would have been um, been able to assist if he was able to get back in time because, I mean, it was from a corner and normally he's up for them. Um, but it, it, I, I was just puzzled. I was just purely puzzled by it because, like you said, it was getting an open game. He, this is a, a manager who always talks about clean sheets. Always talks about clean sheets. He's, he's shamed we didn't get a clean sheet. Don't shame we didn't get a clean sheet. Well, why don't you bring on us up? That it, it, it didn't make sense to me. Um, I'm sure it didn't make sense to a lot of other people as well. Um, I just think the way that the game was going, uh, Nottingham Forest were trying to open up more and he was probably thinking, oh, that opening up more, so maybe we're going to steal another goal and put put the nail in the coffin. But sometimes you just got to read the situation. Do you know what I mean? Um, you've just got to be able to go, right, get on another defender, bring it on and go back to the like last year's football where we were playing like we normally were uh, with the four centre-backs and moving forward. Um that, that was the one that puzzled me the most because especially when I've just seen Forrest bring on their subs and it, it's just, I don't know. I think he'll learn from it. I think he'll learn from it. I think he was just trying to tinker today uh, and see if, if because um, when he did bring on Trossard, he wanted to see how Trossard would impact the game off the ball, which he did. 
Uh, but Trossard can only do so much. Um, and Saka, especially the way that they counterattack. I mean, people were, I saw on Twitter, some people were berating Saka. It wasn't predominantly Saka's fault. I mean, to be fair, Saka's corners were quite weak all game. It just they barely beat the first man. Um, well, I don't know. Do you think that was done uh, on purpose? It was, uh, I think it post? was. On, I think it was on on purpose. I think. I think they've maybe highlighted that Turner's weakness is probably near post in training. Mm. It's the only thing I can think of um, because obviously it's a player they've worked with a lot, so they know him as a player. And he probably struggles to punch the ball out in the first post. I don't know. Um, but the way that Saka was talking about, I mean, he was tracking back the whole time but he barely had any support um, and if Gabriel was there as that fourth man that that goal I'm telling you right now would have never have happened and I would be happily sitting here with Gabriel and my fantasy team with a clean sheet but you know doesn't happen way the cookie doesn't crumble that way but no that was my only pet peeve of the entire game um, it was a goal that just didn't it just didn't need to happen from them and it got them yeah. into the game it opened up the game a lot more made it a little bit nervy um, well, do you know what? Credit to um, Forrest because they came out in the second half and they addressed the issues that they were having, which was down the wide areas. They doubled up on Saka and Martinelli mm-hmm. and it kind of forced us to play a little bit more direct, play those line-breaking passes. But unfortunately, when we had lost possession from playing directly, it would give Forrest the chance to break. And that was when we were you know, being hurt the most. Um I want to talk about a specific somebody, a Kai Havertz, who was he played the whole ninety. Did he play the whole ninety? He did, didn't he? Kai Havertz did, yeah. Yeah, so he played the whole ninety, and there were many, many opportunities in the game where he gets himself in brilliant positions on the edge of the box. But again, for some reason, there is a sense of hesitancy in his game when he can strike the ball when he's in a great position to go for it like Saka did in the first half where he he pushes the ball out and curls it with his left I don't think if you put Havertz in that position he's going to be doing that anytime soon Um, but let's have a chat about him and I'm keen and interested to hear from you how you felt he did because in that in that last 10 minutes I was screaming at the TV um, at him for not picking up the pace and not um, matching the intensity of the game. You know, that, that final 10 minutes where everything was frantic, everything was being played at 100 miles an hour. There was one player on the pitch who was kind of dragging his heels and that was Kai Havertz. Now, is it the case that this is just who he is? That's just the nature of who Kai Havertz is? Or... Is there something a little bit more deeper in this? Because, and I, I don't feel like I'm going mad. Um, maybe if this scenario hadn't happened, the one I'm about to, to, to discuss, I would have said, fine, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh. Maybe I've got some sort of a subconscious um, underlying bias against Kai Havertz. But there was one um, particular situation where Havertz playing as a centre forward um, looking really like lacklustre, kind of just playing at walking pace mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden in the frame comes um, Odegaard Odegaard's running into the frame and this is kind of a dead ball situation, not dead ball sorry, this is a situation where nothing's really happening Forest have the ball um, in their half, they're playing the ball around they're kind of building up that momentum um, and I'm screaming at him go and close the space down, go and put pressure, mm-hmm. try and do something to win the ball back and it takes Odegaard to get into the frame to urge him to run forward 
before um, eventually Saka manages to put the pressure on and gets the ball back. It was that moment where I said to myself, right, everything I think about this guy has to be correct because it's just happened right in front of my eyes. Whilst I've been screaming at the TV screen for him to press, 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 Odegaard comes in, does that, and then we win the ball. Um, is this something that unfortunately is just the way Havertz is and he, because he's played like that for so long, it's going to take a long time for him to come out of that habit? Or am I right in my assessment? Was he just a little bit too plain Jane? I think that there are, there are yes and no uh, to that because... I mean, yeah, I think it was a bit of an off game. He was good. He was, he was sort of, uh, he put in a decent performance, but there were moments where he, he didn't really excel. He didn't really take the most of his opportunities that came in front of him. Um, Why and- is it that he's unable to do things like have a go or drive into the box? Why is it every time, and I noticed this against um, City in the Community Shield, anytime he would get the ball in dangerous areas, he would stop, go back, and passed the ball. It was almost as if we were watching the horrendous midfield of, you know, Shaka when we first signed him alongside with, um, what's the other fellow who played, plays for Villarreal? I forgot his name. Was plays for Villarreal? He, or he moved to Villarreal. Um, what, Sani Cazola? No, 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 no. Never, never. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I was like no, no, what? No, 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 no. He, if, uh, what's his name? Oh, Flamini? A, no. No, 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 no. He played, he played as, a, as a holding midfielder. God, why? Co- Cocciani? Cocciani? Something Coughlin. Coughlin. Coughlin, that's right, yeah. Coughlin, Shakaran and those guys, you know, side to side, not being adventurous, not being as brave, you know? I think like with, with Calvert, I think it's just purely confidence and confidence takes time to build because, and I mean, it was, it was uncharacteristic of him not to press, like to press because one of his actual biggest assets and uh, one of his surprising stats, especially at Chelsea, was his off the ball movement. He actually had, I think, one of the highest pressing pressures um, per 90 in the Chelsea team, um, per 90. Uh, so yeah, it was a bit uncharacteristic of him today, and I think it's just purely confidence. Um, he'll get it. I think he just needs to score a goal. I think he just we need to get him a goal um, in some way, shape, or form, uh, and then he'll start to unlock and, and maybe sort of be a bit more free flowing. Because I think he's at this moment where he doesn't want to make a mistake, so mm. he's ju- he's just sort of playing it safe. He's like, right, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake, because. It, it, it's a bit daunting, do you know what I mean? Like you're you, you're coming to the Arsenal squad where where there's so much free flow in football, uh, and the players are all like tactically and um, tactically sound, technically sound, and very adventurous. And uh, I mean, like Kai Havertz used to be extremely adventurous, especially at Bayern Leverkusen. We just sort of got to tap back into that. I think sort of a lot of confidence just got knocked out of him at Chelsea. I mean, this guy used to get so much stick. And I mean, I used to be one of the people giving him stick um, at Chelsea. And, and everyone gave him stick. He's got so many haters, so many doubters. Um, so I think he just sort of needs to get a goal under his belt. And once he does, I think he'll start sort of coming good. I still think he'll be, be a great signing for us. Um, I just think it's just going to take a little bit of time. Not not as much as, say, like a player that you've just bought from another league because he's been in this league now. He knows what it takes to play in this league. But I think it's just purely down to confidence because if you're confident in yourself, look at Saka and Martinelli, right? They, they don't doubt their abilities a single bit. That's why they take people on. And they have football IQ. They, they understand that... They know they understand where to lose the ball. 
it, where where is a safe place to lose the ball? I mean, losing a ball, you'd never want to do it, but there's a time and a place. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're on your if you're on your by your own box and you're surrounded by two people, you don't take the person on. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You 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 try and knock it over them, or you 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 pass back to a goalie or something like that. Whereas Kai Verts, he's just even though he might actually be wide open, and be the the the, the correct choice for him would be to make the run because there's no more support, and he will still try and pass it back because he's like I just don't want to be the person who fluffs it up. But he'll get there. I think he'll get there. It'll take a few weeks, but I think he'll I think he'll get there. I don't think he'll be our starting striker or anything like that. Um, I'm not expecting him to be, but um, I do expect him to get better. But I I, I don't think it's down to his technical ability. I yeah. don't think it's down to sort of a, a lack of. Well, it's an um, attitude problem skill. more than anything. He's got the, yeah. we know he's got the skills and ability, but for some reason there is a hesitancy. There is a block, there's a mental block. And I just feel like at this stage of our trajectory, we can't afford it. Yeah, you know, we, we just, we need individuals who are going to just Plug and put play. their necks on the line, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I love a trier, but one thing I can't stand are safe players, players who would do the bare minimum. We've been through that phase and um, look, as as much as I'm having a dig at Kai Havertz right now, I want him to succeed and I want him to do well. And I want yeah. someone at Colney tomorrow or Monday to have a word of him, to sit down and to be like, look, you know, smart the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> pattern up. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we're, we're nearing the end of the pod now. Um, those final 10 minutes, very, very frantic. We obviously conceded a goal. Before we conceded the goal, though, there was a shout for handball, which wasn't noticed at the time. And Cooper was, um, I, I think, rightly quite pissed off at the end of the game when uh, VAR didn't intervene on the Willy Bowley header incident. Um, Declan Rice was marking him. The header was, uh, you know, kind of uh, the sting of the header, I think think it was taken out by the hand or the arm of uh, Ben White. Did you did you manage to get a look of that um, afterwards? I couldn't really see uh, the screen too well because I was quite high up. So I didn't, I, I honestly, I didn't really have a good view um, because of where I was. You didn't really get a perfect view of the screen, but I did see the shouts. Um, but I'd, I just have to sort of, uh, of, of back to it. I mean, from your, it sounds like you sort of had a better view. Was it was it sort of an intentional? Was it sort of because I think they changed the rules a little bit now, haven't they? Again, they've like flexed it again. There's there's been quite a few rule changes this year. Yeah, like, the manager one was a, a strange one for me as well to to not see Stivenberg and Arteta on the touchline together. Now there can only be one manager, either the manager on the sideline or the assistant, but they both can't be there together. Which is yeah, I think that's going to be really strange. I don't know why they've done that. It's like it ruins the whole. Um, entertainment factor of the it game. The, it ruins the bench cam. Like, come on, I need I need yeah. Arteta screaming, hugging his staff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I need that. Yeah. yeah. But hey ho. Yeah. But yeah, that the handball incident. I think we got away with one. I think we were quite lucky. Had it gone the other way, we would be screaming for that. Um, his arms were very high. They were in an unnatural position as they like to describe it as. And yeah, um, I think because his arm was there, the header was directly going towards Ramsdale. Um, and yeah, I think the, 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 the power and pace of the header, the sting of that was taken out by the fact that it first hit, um, Rice's hand so it'd be interesting to see how much VAR intervenes this season, because from 
previous yeah, seasons, what, there's been loads of interference. Yeah. Yeah. And also from what we were told, watching the TV, the commentary team made a point of saying that VAR would only intervene when absolutely necessary, where it, when it felt like last season, um, they were just intervening everywhere, you know? Yeah. Uh, so well, look at this. And I think now, because especially with the added minute rule, yeah, if you do, if you keep getting VAR into it, you're going to end up with bloody 20 plus minutes. Mm. No, no one's got time for that. Do you know what I mean? Especially like on the on the week on the weekday games where like there's late nights, trying to get home on a train, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be a ball ache. So yeah, I, I I kind of agree with it. It should if there's like a clear cut, complete mistake, or like it's a if it's a goal, if it's a goal review, yes. If it's a penalty shout, yes. If it's a red card, yes. If it's like something minor, I honestly just just play on. Mm, I think. Yeah. Okay, uh, last few minutes of the game. How did Arsenal survive from from where you were sitting? What did it look like? It just looked like they wanted it to end. Um, it looks looking a bit desperate. I mean, we had that Havert sort of chance as well in the ninety minutes. He sort of looked like he was gonna have an opportunity to break, and then he fluffed it, and then his touch was all wrong. Um, and then yeah, it was just a case of just of just keeping our composure really. Um, that's a moment where it looked like we were going to sort of play out and then we didn't um, but overall I, w- I was happy with the way that we held it I mean we're always going to come under pressure and we did it calmly it wasn't it wasn't frantic but it was a little bit unnerving it wasn't like oh, I wasn't sitting there going oh this is chilling do you know what I mean I, I wasn't sitting there going I'm not worried about this in a single mu- a single bit um, there were sort of a uh, gaps that were opening there was sort of sort of a complacency happening like the back line wasn't quite as straight there were opportunities for players to run in behind um if if if, if not in forest actually just looked a bit more direct um they could have maybe have opened up a few chances but overall it was good the pressure the pressing was good the pressing stayed good pretty much throughout the game uh which is what you need you need to be able to press the opposition to to force them into decisions and rush them because that's when they make mistakes and that's when you can pick up on them and that's when you get the goals um so i was happy with that um i think when gabriel came on we looked we looked a lot more safer I, I didn't. I didn't feel like they they were going to score, even though there were sort of moments where it was a bit um, unnervy. But I, I never felt like, do you know what I mean? I never felt like they were going to pierce through our defence and, and and get a clear cut goal. If it was going to be a goal, it was going to be an Arsenal mistake. That was that was what I was thinking. If they score, it'll be it'll be because we made a mistake, not because they've outplayed us. Um, but I was ha- I was happy with they close it off. I just think I just think Gabriel should have came on sooner to be honest, because we looked a lot more calmer after that. Yeah, well, look, we managed to get the three points at the end of the game. That's all that matters. Um, and that's all that matters. We have, you know, we've, we've, we've played that first daunting first game of the season. It hasn't worked out uh, well for us in previous seasons. And so we, we can only be grateful to get those first three points on the board. Um, now, we are at the end of the show. And again, since it's the you know a brand new season, we've decided to implement another new element. Oh, I wonder what this could be, Farhan. Well, I'll tell you. Um, at the end of every game, we will be picking out either a good moment, a bad moment, or an, and an ugly moment. That's for defeats. But because we've won a game today, we're going to do good, good, bad, which is a good moment, a really good moment, and a bad moment. 
So actually, it's a good, 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 bad. So Monty, give me your good moment, your really good moment, and a bad moment. Good moment. Um, I think good moment was Declan Rice actually. Um, just sort of he he was just taking the shots and that 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 shot where Turner got the save that was a good moment for me because I liked the positioning the way I was watching him the whole way he was building up to it and he was just he was scanning he was scanning he was trying to shift left right left right and then he, he found his he found his little gap and called for it and then took the shot it was just unfortunate it didn't go in um so that was my good moment um and then what was it a really good moment you wanted yeah and then and then that was it there wasn't like an even better moment it was just a really good moment and one bad moment. Okay, so a really good moment. Actually, now I'll go bad, and then I end doing a really good moment. Um, Bending the rules, I like it. Yeah, I think bad moment was sort of the counter attack. Um, it just looked poor from. Um, I think it was Saka, White, and Trossard. They just didn't track back. Looked way too complacent. Um, I think Aaron Ramsdale maybe should have just come off his line a little bit. Could have potentially got of uh, got himself. In, in the way of the past. But yeah, that was a bit of a bad moment. It looked a bit lethargic from us um, and we didn't sort of uh, close the gaps enough and we were, we were slow to react. So that was a bad moment for me. Uh, really good moment. A lot of people probably expect me to say the Saka goal, but I'm going to say the Martinelli assist. Love it was, that. It was disgusting. It was it was just disgusting. I literally watched it and I was just like, you, you're a joke. Like you're a joke. <laughs> like you've literally got two professional footballers who are getting paid God knows how much, and you've just made them look like kids on a play park. Like it was just, it was just a violation on so many levels. Uh, and the fact that it turned into a goal, even better, even better. Mm. So that for me was a really good moment. And uh, Martinelli, just in general, I think if it, oh, I know Saka got man of the match, but I think Martinelli was probably my second player to go for it. But just, just his pure desire to when he lost the ball he was just hunting them down so yeah that's my really good moment what, what about you what's your good really good and bad or good bad really good 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 bad <laughs> good 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 bad okay my good moment um was oh i haven't thought about this i don't like being put on the spot but okay uh okay my good moment um was seeing Bakayo Saka receiving the ball as many times as he did in that opening 15 minutes on the right hand side mm-hmm. and creating some really good opportunities because we got two or three goals oh um, yeah that players. one way played it in and there was no one in the middle oh, yeah the first one it. the first one yeah oh. yeah um, yeah, you know, if, if we if we get players who can end up in the right positions, when you've got someone like Saka on the right-hand side um, who's able to just pile balls into the box, good balls as well. So that was my good thing about the game. My really good uh, moment or thing in that game was uh, Declan Rice. I think he had a brilliant debut, a Premier League debut yeah. in an Arsenal shirt. And actually the, the specific moment I'm talking about was him lip-singing... Um, the Louis Dumford um, North London Forever song thing. I was yeah, I couldn't even see it because I was on TV. You get the close up. Yeah, so the they were they were they were huddled around, and you know it's the typical um, you know pre-match huddle. Oh, I love it. I love and, I love that tune though when it goes. Yeah, on, just before just before Odegaard got in there, you could see uh, Rice like mouthing the lyrics <laughs> to to the song, and it was yeah, it was like a really nice 
heartwarming moment. He's home. Uh, the boys come home. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's like, you know how much of a West Ham fan he is, but to see that, it kind of, you know, makes him a really, um, yeah, integrates him. He's, he's, he's one of us. He's finally, you know, a Guna. He was, I guess he always was, but like, you like to see wholesome moments like that because it reassures the fans and everyone that, he's you know he's he, he he wants to be here it's not a case that he's here because of the money you could argue there were ex-players who were here for a while because they were having a nice payday but now you've got someone who um just feels what everyone else feels wants to be part of the family um and so my bad moment was i hate to say this but unfortunately it was the lack of um a what's the word intensity lack of intensity from Kai Havertz um moment he sorts that out I think he's going to be a great player but unfortunately today he he didn't do the yeah the bare minimum for me um in that final 10 minutes could have been a lot easier if we had someone who was just constantly going 100 miles an hour Mm -hmm. um but beggars can't be choosers so yeah good stuff um well look it's that time of the show again where unfortunately we must say goodbye um i want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's listened up until this point thank you very very much if you did enjoy this episode please do give us a five-star review on apple podcast and spotify let us know what you thought the show by reaching out to us on twitter you can find us over there at arsenal therapy you can also find monty over there at Monty underscore official underscore and you can find me over there at Gunner since 96 as always we will be back next week to give you your usual weekly dose of Arsenal therapy but if you can't wait until then make sure to head over to the Arsenal therapy YouTube channel for the 15 minute show where we'll be taking you through all the latest bits of Arsenal updates every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 30 a.m and yes you guessed it the show is indeed 15 minutes long so um so, I just kind of choked on my own <laughs> saliva there. Uh, make sure to also head over to the Arsenal Therapy website too um, for the blog posts where we'll be breaking down our thoughts and feelings on this game and much more. Uh, so until then, take care, have yourselves a very good week and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 